Hello and a very warm welcome and I hope for many of you a welcome back to Recruitment Matters Radio. Warren Kemp here and as always I'm your host for around 30 minutes of recruitment tips, thoughts and sound bites. And in between those I'll be playing you an eclectic mix of music from my own collection. This time from bands and artists starting with the letter F. This podcast and audio download is exclusively sponsored by eBoss Recruitment, clever cloud-based software for recruiters and headhunters the world over. And these sessions are certainly reaching via iTunes and the site recruitmentmattersradio.com, a wide range of listeners from all over the world too. I've had texts and emails coming in from countries such as Australia, the Netherlands, Hong Kong and Estonia. Now that's as eclectic as the music we play. Let's kick off this session with a band called The Feeling and a song title that is every recruiter's wish about their clients. Yeah. 
Of course, we all love it when our client calls. It means they respect and rate our services. And that's a decent measurement to take into account. Measuring where you are in the relationship you have and how strong that bond is. Step one on the ladder to success is that the client views you as a subject matter expert. That will happen when you have a conversation. You can throw one or two things into the pot they didn't know about their market, their competitors, or even their local geography. Step or stage two in measuring things is when the client sees you as a valuable resource. Someone that takes your thoughts and what you say into account when they take action. Step three is when you reach trusted advisor status, a true consultant. The dictionary definition of a consultant is someone qualified to give expert professional advice. So how do you know which stage you're at? Here's three easy things to show where you are and how hard you should push for vacancies, for a period of exclusivity, or for total exclusivity, or even a retainer. Stage 1. Subject matter expert. Well, the measurement for that is your client has 10 to 15 minute conversations with you at least when you talk with them. But at this stage, you're doing all the running. When you email, they aren't responding, or it takes a few days for them to do so. When you leave a message, you have to call them back again. But when you do grab them, it's all good. Stage two, you're becoming a valuable resource. As well as the conversations becoming better and with your opinion being truly considered, the measurement here is that they respond to your emails within a few minutes and they return your voicemails the same day. Stage three, trusted advisor. And that's where you want to be. The measurement for that level is that they call you. Not just when they have a vacancy, but for other issues and at other times too. They email you and they leave you voicemails. OK, we'll break for some more music. And while that's happening, list the clients that you can put into the three different categories and start planning which clients you can and should escalate your relationship into getting onto much better business terms with. Here's Florence and her machine.
That's a great track. If you've ever been lucky enough to catch her live, it's not just a good gig, musically and technically, but she really works a huge space and makes it seem intimate. It's a rapport with the audience where at times you can feel she's really only singing to you. Now that's a skill that can be perfected, and if you have a bit of natural talent for doing so anyway, wow, the world's your oyster. Rapport's so important. It's what we do as recruiters. It's what we need to have. And to use a cliche, it's a people business. Some individuals seem to build rapport quicker and easier and better than others. And to some of us, yes, it comes naturally. To some more amongst us, it's something that we can get good at, even great with practice. And even before the rapport stage, we can become more effective with our communication. And if our communication becomes better, then rapport is going to start to be felt by the other person too. Communication, that's where it's all got to come from, can be broken down into three areas. The words you use, tonality and how you use those words, and body language. The words, your tonality, and body language. We can consider just what impact body language has if you're on the telephone in a moment, but for now, face-to-face -face communication is split down into 7% of your message being the words you use, the content of your message. Yep, just 7%. 38% of your message is in the tonality, the speed, the volume, the passion of how you say it. And a whopping 55% is in body language. As I said, we'll come back and discuss whether body language is impacted if you were on the phone and couldn't see the person. But for now, think for a moment or two about someone you know personally, or perhaps a public figure who you think and feel is a great communicator. Perhaps remember a time when they put something over that really connected with you on a personal level. Whether that be in person one-to-one, -one, as part of an audience, or even if you're watching someone on TV, or a magical moment in a movie. Take a few seconds to think of that person and their message now. And if you've someone in mind now, and a particular moment in time, yes, the words were powerful and articulate, but much, much more than that. The way that person put those words over, by their tone and pace and variation, brought those words to life. And their body language made you truly believe. Now, of course, body language will play a huge part in that person's message. And I would certainly say it will play a large part in telephone contact too. How do you feel if you stand up when you make a call? How do you feel if you sit down at your desk and call someone? How would you feel if you were laid back on a sofa or settee mid-conversation? And believe me, those feelings will come across on how you say what you say and how your message will be perceived. But let's just for a second ignore that 50% of your message over the phone. We're now left with just the words and tonality, and proportionally that's now 5 to 1 how you say something to what you actually say. And in the same way actors can make you believe in their character, so too you can persuade your contact to believe in you and what you're explaining to them. Of course, I'd rather have you believe in what you say from your heart, and that's where true passion comes into play. And for all of what I've just said, 
Some people with all the right message, the right tonality, and the right body language, and the right belief system, still don't connect with us. And the missing ingredient in this heady mix? Rapport. Rapport kicks in when the words connect and the speaker listens to and is aware of any verbal or physical response signals. Synonyms for rapport include affinity, bond, sympathy, empathy, harmony and link. So if your candidate is talking about their line manager and consistently uses the words line manager, then if you ask them something about that and use the words their boss, then you fail to connect on such a simple level and move back any budding rapport quite some way. If you use jargon or three-letter acronyms, and your audience, be that an audience of one or many, if they don't use those words, or worse still, don't know what your acronyms mean, then once again you've stunted the growth of your rapport with that person. In many trials and tests, True rapport comes when one person does as little as 20% of the talking and the other 80%. And the 20% comes from the one who the other person feels was a great person and someone who really connected with them. And that's an 80-20 rule that's worth remembering. Sometimes more really is less. Time for some music, I think. And this time from the Scots band made up of the Fratelli brothers, John Barry and Mince. Not their true names, of course, but they formed such a tight bond, rapport between themselves, if you will, they changed their names from John Lawler, Barry Wallace and Gordon McCreary to John Barry and Mince Fratelli. Go on, hit it, boys. Face bone dry 
Fratellis. Even the name of the band makes me smile. And that goes some way to proving that for as much as rapport is based on 93% other factors, the words you use are vital. But words are no good if there's no backbone to them. You can get buy-in and backbone from statistics and facts. They can add real weight to your point, to your statement, conversation or intent. And stats and facts aren't that difficult to come across. After all, if you ask ten people a question and six people say black and four people respond white, then 60% of people responded by saying black. And that has real meaning when worded well. Let's take a practical example. Let's take the age-old issue of your prospective client trying to fob you off with the response that they have a PSL, Preferred Supplier List. Now, what do most recruiters say in return? Well, 80% will respond with, how do we get on it? When's it up for renewal? Or maybe even slightly better with, is it a one-tier or two-tier PSL? And that will get you what 80% of recruiters get in response, a thanks but no thanks reply. Now, if you've done your homework and asked the right questions and collated the responses, you've got the opportunity to really stand out from the vast majority of recruiters with your reply. You could then be able to say in response to your prospect telling you that they have a PSL, something like this. That doesn't surprise me. 60% of companies we've spoken to recently say they have some kind of PSL. What's been interesting is that 9 out of 10 of the more forward-thinking companies have said that they would go outside of the PSL if those recruiters were failing to deliver on a key role. Tell me, John, how do you feel about that? I'll say that again. When you get told we have a PSL, instead of the standard stock how do we get on it, you can respond with, that doesn't surprise me, 60% of companies we've spoken to recently say they have some kind of PSL. What's been really interesting is that 9 out of 10 of the more forward-thinking and professional companies have said they'd go outside of that PSL if those recruiters were failing to deliver. Tell me, John, how do you feel about that? So, statistics can add real weight to any statement, discussion, conversation or online post. So that means you have to ask the right questions, and often enough, to collate those stats. When you headhunt a prospective candidate and they say, I'm happy where I am, one response could be, I appreciate your situation. 70% of people say the same and genuinely mean it, like you. What's interesting is 9 out of 10 people who find a new challenge and that next step in their career through me have said originally that they are happy, 
Have you got five minutes to at least explore that as an option, John? That's a lot to take in, so let me say it again. When you headhunt a prospective candidate, and if they say I'm happy where I am, you could try this. I appreciate your situation. 70% of people say the same and genuinely mean it, like you. What's interesting is that 9 out of 10 people who find a new challenge and that next step in their career through me have told me originally that they're happy. Have you got 5 minutes to at least explore that as an option, John? Take a few moments to think how and where you might be able to compile some statistics that would add real weight to your discussions. While you're doing that, let's listen to Foles and a song from 2013 when they were on everyone's playlist. My number. Oh, 
don't play that album too often, but when I do, I always think I should play it more. Now, if Foles knew I listened to them, and they had my details because I had logged onto their site, or Amazon shared my purchase details with them, then they could make Whoopi from contacting me at the right time, such as a new album release, and get me to buy again. It's all about tracking response in their game, and it should be in yours too. Do you send a newsletter out or regular weekly emails to a block of email addresses? Then if you do, and you should do, then you need a tracking tool to find out who responds, opens or clicks. If you don't, then you need to start, and if you don't have a tracking tool, get one. Again, using statistics, but this time for your own internal use to know with certainty what works with your marketing campaigns. I'll explore the use of tracking tools and really research in your market next time. For now, I'm signing out with a song from Fairground Attraction. Do you want to know a secret? You'll never know how much I really love you You'll never know how much I really care Listen Do you want to know a secret? Do you promise not to tell? Whoa, whoa, closer Let me whisper in your ear Say the words you long to hear I'm in love with you to know a secret Do you promise not to tell Whoa, whoa Closer Let me whisper in your ear Say the words you long to hear I'm in love with you Whoa, whoa. I've known a secret for a week or two Nobody knows, just we two Listen Do you want to know a secret? Do you promise not to tell? Whoa, whoa, closer Let me whisper in your ear Say the words you long to hear with you